Exodus 17, verses 8 through 16. These are God's words. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side, the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then Yahweh said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, Yahweh is my banner. For he said, Because Yahweh has sworn, Yahweh will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So verse 8 ties us to verses 1 through 7 because they take place at the same place. You can see in verse 1 that Israel had camped in Rephidim and that they're still at Rephidim when Amalek comes and fights with Israel in verse 8. And verse 9 at the end ties us back to verses 1 through 7 when he says, And I will take the rod of God in my hand. Uh, God had given Moses, remember, Yahweh had given Moses in verse 5, the instruction, Take in your hand the rod with which you struck the river and go. And, of course, he had struck the rock. Uh, And so we see the connection between the two, and in each section, Israel has a sin problem. In the first section, the sin is their own sin, grumbling and complaining against God. And God hates sin, and he will punish it. And he strikes the rock upon which he himself makes a display of himself standing, says, I will stand upon the rock, and you shall strike the rock. And we find in 1 Corinthians 10 that the rock was Christ, and perhaps the image, uh, the presentation, display of himself, that God makes is very specifically a display of Christ. But we see what rebellion against God and his throne deserves, and uh, that is uh, a marvelous thing for us, because we sin so continuously against our Lord. And every time we sin against him, we raise our hand against his throne, and we deserve that the rod of God, the great king, when we heard in Psalm 45 last night, gird your sword upon your thigh to the great king in Psalm 45. Uh, And we sing sometimes, don't gird on thy mighty sword. Well, the sword, the rod of God, the almighty king, must fall upon the rebellion against him. 
And the marvelous thing in, in last week's passage in verses 1 through 7 is that it fell on God himself. Well, what if your sin problem uh, in your particular circumstance isn't a sin that you're committing against God and others, but that someone is, con- is committing against you? What then? Well, God is not only a merciful Savior in striking himself in our place so that he might take us to himself in grace, He's also a merciful and powerful and just avenger. Uh, and that's what we see here. Uh, it is God who avenges or uh, defends and avenges Israel upon Amalek. When Amalek attacks Israel, uh, Moses uh, says to Joshua, choose us some men and go out fight with Amalek. Now, Israel has not had a whole lot of military training at this point. They're still the uh, untrained, uh, largely unequipped, although uh, perhaps they have, uh, among uh, what they collected on the way out of the um, of Egypt and perhaps even from fallen Egyptians as they washed up on the shore, uh, perhaps they've collected a number of weapons, uh, are not fools like many of the people in um, stories and, and film and stuff and fail to gather the weapons. So they have some swords, we know, because they fight Amalek, uh, defeat Amalek with the edge of the sword uh, in verse 13. So God uses means, but it's God who is using the means. And that's the point of Moses up on the hill holding up the rod. It is the rod of God that is in his hand. Uh, It's not some kind of magic talisman. It is God's display to his people that so long as it is God who extends his rod, they will win. And should God not be enabling, empowering, strengthening them, then they will utterly lose. And this is one of the things that we need to remember in everything that we do, even as we worship him right now. If God uses his word, as we honor him in reading his word and submitting to it and recognizing that these are the words of God and uh, hearing him, uh, which he has appointed as an act of worship. But we also know that he has appointed it as a means by which our minds are renewed uh, so that we will not be conformed to the world, uh, but we will be transformed in order to be conformed to Christ. But that doesn't happen just by you're paying attention well enough, or my reading and explaining it well enough, uh, either intellectually or with sincerity uh, of heart, it happens by God using the the means that he has appointed. Uh, and that's what he's making display of to his people uh, by whenever the rod is up uh, on the hill, uh, they can see that. Uh, they are winning. Uh, and just to underline how very dependent we are on him, Moses can't even hold the rod up by himself. It takes three men to hold up his arms with the rod uh, in his hands uh, so that so that the, the peop- people can see and that they will defeat uh, they will defeat Amalek. So God is the one who defends his people. God is the one who uses the means that he has appointed. And all our hope must be not in the use of the means, but in the God who has given the means. 
and the God who blesses them uh, to make them effective as he personally and actively works through them. Uh, And the Lord wants them to remember this, not just that he is their defender, but that he is also their avenger. Now, one translation change we need to make. Verse 16, it says, uh, For a hand upon the throne of Yahweh. Verse 16, the New King James takes it as a swearing ceremony. Uh, What it probably is, is a hand against the throne of Yahweh. The reminder that God takes personally against him whatever is done to his people. This is a great comfort for us because uh, we are called by the Lord to love not our lives even unto death, but to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony, uh, which means that overcoming sometimes means dying, uh, and yet vengeance is the Lord's. Uh, He will repay. So he wants us to remember that as Jesus said, Whatever people do to those who belong to his little ones, belong to him, to the little ones who belong to him, whatever people do to the little ones who belong to him, he receives it as personally done to him, and he will avenge. And so he says, because a hand was against the throne of Yahweh, Yahweh will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. So when Moses builds an altar and calls its name, Yahweh is my banner, he's saying, the Lord is my defender, the Lord is my director. Uh, A banner in war at that time was also a signal to tell you what to do. The Lord is my hope uh, when things were going badly or when you needed to know where you could go to regroup for strength. Uh, They would raise the banner and they would come uh, to, to the banner and gather uh, unto it. Uh, so the Lord is our hope. The Lord is our commander. The Lord is the one who will defend us and avenge us. He takes care not just, not only of the sin problem of the sin that we have committed against him. He takes care of the sin problem of all the sin that anyone commits against you. Uh, and so you need not Uh, live life with a vengeful or bitter or fearful or anxious spirit. If you belong to the Lord, he is your banner. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this portion of your word. We thank you for taking upon yourself what our sin deserved and deserves. And we pray that you would help us to trust in you, that you are using for good all that any intend for evil against us. And we pray that you would help us to trust you and not ourselves when we do the things that you have commanded, that we wouldn't hope in our doing of them, but that we would hope in you yourself and your using of those things that you instruct and command. Lord, help us to live this way through faith in Jesus Christ, in whom we have seen so clearly that you have struck yourself in our place and in whom we have seen so clearly that you are the one who must uh, do everything, not just for us, but even in us. For we ask it in his name. Amen.